0: Welcome to BlitzCast, an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLDraftBlitz.com. And now, your hosts, Alex
1: Kavtov and Ed Hunt. Hey everyone, uh, this is BlitzCast number 83. And we're going to start the show right off the bat with the Ravens. I would say the hottest team in the NFL right now. Lamar Jackson has been running wild on everyone, but not only that. He's obviously become a very consistent passer, and it's just working for them. They beat the living crap out of the Texans. I thought it was going to be a shootout between him and Deshaun Watson. I thought the Texans were going to give him a game. What happens? I mean, the Ravens just blow them out. 41-7. to and Lamar Jackson and the Ravens just keep on rolling and the relationship between Harbaugh and, and and Lamar Jackson is just at an all-time high right now. This is the hottest team in football. Are you buying them right now as a big time contender for for the playoffs, Ed?
0: You know, I, I was thinking that, you know, if anybody was gonna stop Lamar Jackson, it was gonna be Bill Belichick and he didn't. And that, that's a sign that this league just isn't prepared and doesn't know how to stop Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, the fact is that, you know, he can run when he doesn't have the throw and he can throw when he doesn't have the run. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's made things really difficult for their offense and, um, you know, they've got a few tight ends, but really, I mean, Lamar Jackson is, 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 I mean, Deshaun Watson wrote on his, on his, uh, on his Jersey, you know, MVP and, you know, he might be in the conversation. He's really, he's really far and away exceeded expectations.
1: He really has. For for a second-year quarterback, everybody thought we'd be talking about Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold or Josh Allen. That's not the case. Lamar Jackson, who he's picked behind those guys at the end of the first round, has really come into his own. And i got to give a lot of the credit to their offensive coordinator, Greg Roman. I mean, he's really found a nice balance for, uh, for Lamar Jackson. By the way, on Monday night, uh, the Ravens are going to play against the Rams. And Bovada Sportsbook has the Ravens as the favorite in this game, minus 3.5. So um, that, that's what the experts say. And I, I've been impressed. I mean, he has led the Ravens to an 8-2 and two record. It's their best start in seven years. He ranks number four in the NFL with 106.3 uh, passer rating. And he's number 10 in the league with 788 rushing yards. Uh, Jackson is the first player in team history to produce multiple games with four or more touchdown passes in a single season. He's just he's been on a different level right now, and it's amazing. I mean he's he's been doing it against a very good defenses, and we saw what he did against the Patriots. So Lamar Jackson has got to be one of the favorites for the MVP, and that's why I that's why I wanted to start the show with. With the Ravens and what they're doing, because nobody expected this. Ed, you and I picked the Steelers to to win. Obviously, the NFC North. And uh, did you pick the Ravens in the wild card?
0: You know, I don't think I picked the Ravens in the wild card, but you know, I did. I did. Uh, I, you know, I, I didn't see this coming from the Ravens. And you know what? I, I'm start. I, I guess. I guess. My reflection is is that I'm starting to believe more in the running quarterback. I mean, I'm just. I'm, I'm warming up to the guy you know Jalen hurts and i'm I'm warming up to the idea of uh of of Lamar jackson because he's he's showing the league that you know this this running quarterback can not only win in the league and he can he can dominate and he can he can be a force and so um you know he's he's being everything that he's been asked to do and um you know the, I mean the ravens they they deserve some credit around i mean their defense has played pretty well. Um, you know, I thought they've coached well. I thought they've, um, you know, played pretty decent special teams. I mean, they're just they're just an overall good team. I mean, this is this is this is the best case scenario for their team.
1: Absolutely, uh, like I said, the the Ravens have definitely been one of the surprises uh, of this season. I don't think anybody saw this coming, and Lamar Jackson has really come into his own as a passer more than anything else, and uh, that's what I've been more impressed with. Let's talk about the quarterback that I wasn't so impressed with. Uh, This was Monday night game. It was the Chargers against the Chiefs, and Patrick Mahomes had his lowest outcome in terms of passing, and the Chiefs let the Chargers hang around, and the Chargers could have won this game. They were running the ball well with Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen were making plays on the outside, but Philip Rivers once again—I'm not afraid to say it—he laid an egg. He threw four picks in this game, and he really let his game, his team down, and especially at the end of the game. What, what was that all about? I mean, I would expect a young quarterback to do something like this, but Philip Rivers was just throwing ducks out there, Ed.
0: Yeah, I, I really wasn't impressed with Philip Rivers' performance. I mean, it just. You know, I don't know what it is about him, but just the way he throws the ball, it just, it, it, it was, it must have been so hard. And, you know, I I wasn't really a draft guy at that point. I was kind of young, you know, when Phil Rivers was coming out. But I, I can't imagine, like, you know, doing a, doing a, you know, a film breakdown of Philip Rivers and thinking he'd be a great quarterback. And I just, I mean, he, he has been a great quarterback. He's been accurate. He's been Hall of Fame worthy. But, I mean, you know, it's almost it's almost like it's almost like an anomaly in the NFL you know what his career has been and um the, the other thing i i kind of wanted to mention about this game was that um you know that that interception at the end of the game was really uh that really hurt them i mean they were driving and they could have very well tied the game or even you know scored and gone for two and you know that that interception at the end really killed them
1: no it, it did it, it really did. I mean, right now, Phillip Rivers has 13 interceptions and 15 turnovers on the year. You know, to me, Philip Rivers has had a great career. He's been a great regular season quarterback. But when it comes to those playoff performances, when the Chargers have been there, he's always come up short, whether it was against Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. I know it's unfair. Those are great quarterbacks. The, the Colts and the Patriots have been great teams throughout the years. But I always... What could have been, you know? He had LT as a running back, as a running mate there, kind of carrying the offense. And Philip Rivers has always played second fiddle. Now he is the guy. And he's always come up short in those big games. And that's its always how, to me, that's how I see the, the career of Philip Rivers. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame eventually. He's going to get there because his numbers have been stellar. But I always feel like when they needed that big game from Philip Rivers on the road in the playoffs. He's always come up short.
0: Yeah, he he I mean he he has like one of the streaks for the longest active quarterback without I I think he's like in the top 3 of like most wins without a Super Bowl. So, I mean, that's just you know, that it shows that he can't he you know, that narrative, I mean, the stats back the narrative of what you're saying right there.
1: And that, that leads me to my next question, Ed. Um, he, he turns 38 in December. I'm talking about Phillip. He's in the final year of his contract. Let, let's start with him. Let's speculate. Do you think he's going to stay with the Chargers? Do you think they, they will extend him as kind of a a guy who's been a staple of this franchise? They're building a new stadium. Um, they have to have some the, the face of the franchise, or represent them in the future. Do you think they'll keep him and then draft a guy in the first round who he will mentor, kind of the the situation with Eli Manning and Daniel Jones? I,
0: I, I get the impression that Phillip Rivers is going to stay around. Um, you know, I get the impression, I mean, he still lives in the same house that he lived in in San Diego, and, you know, he commutes up to L.A. for practice, and I, I get the impression that he's pretty stable there. He's got a lot of kids there, and... I don't, I just don't. See, I just don't see him leaving. I mean, he's 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 known as the Chargers' quarterback, and um, you know, I, I think unless the Chargers force him out, which I can't see happening either, I I I don't see how I don't see how Philip Rivers leaves.
1: Let's move on to another quarterback, uh, Drew Brees, uh, who's been with the Saints for a very long time. A former Charger, by the way, who signed with the New Orleans Saints, and his career just. Skyrocketed. Him and Sean Payton have been glued at the hip. I mean, these two have have accomplished a lot. They won a Super Bowl, and and Drew Brees became a different quarterback, and, in large part thanks to to Sean Payton. What do you think? I mean, Brees is also going to be a free agent. You think he's going to retire? And if he stays, do you think he he will stay with the Saints?
0: You know. I- I don't see Drew Brees just walking away. I mean, he's still playing good football, and I just I don't I don't see him walking away. And I I see him playing, you know, a couple more years into his forties. And you know, we're seeing quarterbacks now. I mean, Tom Brady was the head of the curve, but you know, maybe maybe forty isn't the cutoff line like it used to be. I mean, athletes are just you know bigger, stronger, faster, take better care of themselves. I, I could I could see him playing another couple of years. He hasn't slowed down. I think as soon as you slow down, that's when you kind of hang it up.
1: I think he has actually slowed down. Um, I've, the last couple of years, I'm not seeing the, the same old uh, Drew Brees that I've seen in years past. And fair or not fair, I mean, he's getting up there in age. And I think... He's still doing a good job. It's still an explosive offense. He, he's still running it well. But I do think it's it's not the same Drew Brees that it has been. And the more I think about it, uh, whether the Saints will win the Super Bowl or not, I think this is going to be Drew Brees' last year. And there's a reason why Teddy Bridgewater stayed around, And I think Teddy is the quarterback of the future. And I think Brees and Sean Payton talked to him about it. I think there's, there's a deal in place that Teddy stayed... And he he will stay with the Saints and, and take over and, and become the new franchise quarterback of of the team. I just I, I get the feeling that th- there was a talk behind closed doors and uh, th- that's that's the reason why Teddy Bridgewater stayed around. Um, so let's talk about I Teddy. Mean, I, I, I I obviously
0: mean, I mean there's just there's just one caveat to that. I mean, why was he signing a one-year deal with the Saints? I mean why why not why not sign like a three year deal, you know? make it kind of lucrative in, in the back end. I mean, what, that, that's
1: that's kind of my question with that. That's a good point. That's a good point. So I believe Teddy Bridgewater probably will will stay with the Saints because I think he'll be the, the new starting quarterback there once Drew Brees rides off onto the sunset. How about Teddy Bridgewater, Ed? Where do you see him uh, surfacing? Obviously, he proved this year. He came in, relieved Drew Brees, and uh, he did really well. So, Obviously, there will be plenty of teams that they'll be giving him a, a contract to to become their starting quarterback.
0: You know where I really like him is Denver, and maybe I'm a little biased because uh, you know, but um, you know, I, I just I think about it this way: you got you got a young quarterback who's a gunslinger in Drew Locke, and then you got a quarterback who's got great accuracy. In Teddy Bridgewater and Teddy Bridgewater is more the veteran. They haven't been able to find a quarterback, and you know, so maybe maybe they can bring Bridgewater along and be the guy for a year. And I mean, you've seen them, you've seen them experiment with these sort of, you know, average quarterbacks, below average quarterbacks. And so I think this is another year of it. And um, I so I I see I see it as a fit, and I see him as maybe being, you know, you know, see what you have in him, and maybe he's. Maybe he's the mentor to Drew Locke, and maybe he's, he's you know your three or four year option for the
1: Broncos. Are the Broncos on the quarterback in the quarterback market every year? I mean, they went after like Case Keenum, then they went after Joe Flacco. I mean, they signed him to a deal. Are you telling me that John Elway and the Denver Broncos are going to be in the quarterback market again this year? You know, I mean, I I think
0: I think really at some point Elway is going to have to hit on a quarterback because. I, I the narrative that I'm hearing around Broncos Nation is is that, you know, Elway being a great quarterback himself hasn't been able to draft that quarterback and he, he you know he had Peyton Manning and obviously, you know, who 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 can miss on Peyton Manning? But I I just I I haven't seen him draft a quarterback and at some point, you know, it's you can you can you can't stick with Elway forever. I mean, at some point it it'll be, it'll be sad, you know, it'll be It'll be awkward and it'll be weird for the PR, but you know what? If, if he, if he can't find a quarterback soon, I mean, it's, it's time to think about a new GM and and it is, I know, I know that that's going to, that's going to cre- create a riffraff for sure.
1: Absolutely. I think Elway is going to be a goner this year. I, I think that the Broncos are going to be in the market for a quarterback Elway is not going to be one of the people choosing that quarterback in the offseason. I actually believe Elway is a goner because the the past couple of moves have really blown up in his face. He went after Keith Keenum, didn't work out. He went after Joe Flacco, didn't work out. The Vic Fangio, I mean, fear or not, it, the hiring hasn't worked out, I think, the way they envisioned. For some reason, the Denver Broncos thought that they were closer to the playoffs than they actually are. I think the talent level overall, Ed, I mean... They, they don't have the players, and they've drafted well at times, but it's just been so hit and miss for, for Elway. It hasn't only been about the quarterback. I just, he hasn't done anything, to be honest with you. He won a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. That, that's great, but people want to win now. They, they forget about the past. I mean, what happened four or five years ago? I think Elway is going to be a goner, but that's another topic, Ed. Um, obviously... You believe that Bridgewater would be a good fit there. I think if Bridgewater doesn't stay with the Saints, I say the Titans. The Titans have, have built an offense around that running game this year with Derrick Henry. And I think they don't have that quarterback of the future. They don't have it with Mariota. I don't think they have it with Tannehill. I think it's a good it's a nice climate for Bridgewater to go to Tennessee. I don't think he would ever be a fit for the Chicago, the Windy City. But I think Tennessee Titans might look into the services of Teddy Bridgewater if Breeze comes back and if Bridgewater leaves, leaves the Saints. Let's talk about Brady. A lot of talk about Tom Brady and the Patriots and a lot of speculation for some reason that he might leave. I actually think that if he leaves, it's going to be off into the sunset, into retirement, especially being on top if the Patriots win another Super Bowl. Um, where do you stand on this debate? I think Brady will be a
0: Patriot for as long as as he he will be. He knows he's he knows his legacy is in New England, and you know Brady's never been about making the most money. You know he's always he's always been about winning for the Patriots, and you know he he's been loyal to Belichick, and you know it's 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 fun to talk about the 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 little standoffs that Belichick and Brady have, but. You know, we see this all the time and then it always ends up with Brady and Belichick standing at the end of the Super Bowl, you know, hugging each other, you know, hand in hand and, you know, saying there was never any riffraff. What were you talking about media? So, um, you know, it's it's just the, it's just the same cycle. And to be honest with you, you know, like there, there was a there was sort of a report from a pretty well-respected reporter I think it was either Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport, and it was like you know well there's three options he could either you know stay with the patriots go to another team or retire and i mean obviously like that that really that really that report got a lot of attention but it's like when, that that pretty much says nothing i mean you can't you say that about every single player in the league i mean yeah he could retire he could he could go to another team or he could stay where he is so um You know, I I think I think I think it's fun to talk about you know the idea of Brady playing for another team, but he'll never do it. I mean, he's just you know the Patriots. The Patriots have just built their way, and uh, you know Bob Kraft has led it, and Belichick has been the best coach, and you know Brady Brady's done the job for the offense. So um, you know, certainly certainly he's slowing down, and this team is winning on defense. But um, you know, you can't. He's been their guy for so long. I just. I can't see them I can't see them parting with him.
1: I think he'll stay with the Patriots or just retire. I think there's a strong possibility. I mean, once the talk begins and he's contemplating it possibly, he's giving out some signs and in interviews that he's considering it. I mean, his his kids are there, he wants to spend more time with them, and he wants to go on and and do some other things. Like he's selling his house. I mean there's there's a reason why he's doing that it seems like he might be looking to, to get into the next phase of his life. And I, I think there's a strong possibility that he will retire at the end of the season, especially if they won the Super Bowl. I mean, it would be it would be great. It would be like Michael Jordan winning the sixth championship and then just riding off into the sunset. And I think Brady is, is one of those people who, who can't do that. Uh, let's talk about another quarterback you and I speculated about last week. Let's talk about Cam Newton. I speculated, I, I said that Newton would be a good fit with the Bears if he recovers from his injury. Uh, I thought it-, it makes the most sense. You don't have to cut ties with Mitchell Trubisky, but you can create competition between Trubisky and Cam Newton to see who's the better guy. Well, what do you think about that? You think Cam Newton and the Bears will be a good fit next season? Because I don't see him staying with the Panthers.
0: You know, I, I actually I kind of had another idea. I, I I see him as a better fit with a team like the Titans. Um, you know, I I just think I just think maybe that might be it might be better if he kind of goes over to the AFC. Um, I think the Titans might be a little bit more desperate for a quarterback than the Bears. I mean, you know, I I, I know that there's this speculation that like Mitch Trubisky might be gone um you know especially when he got he got injured and you know people people thought he it looked from the broadcast like uh you know chase daniel was <laughs> basically being brought in and it was, this was the end of Mitch Trubisky. but it was really just a hip injury so um i i'm i'm actually more on the side that i think i think the bears are gonna are gonna try again with Mitch Trubisky, and you know but i mean if, if i were the bears i mean i would i would see what quarterbacks available in this draft and Draft a guy, but um, I just my my intuition tells me that that they, they're gonna roll with Mitch Trubisky and they like him more than more than I think most fans do.
1: Let's talk about another quarterback, Jameis Winston, who has had his ups and downs throughout his career, and uh, Bruce Arians likes him, but the Bucks aren't winning right now. I, I realize that it's a tall order. You always want to blame the quarterback, but. He's just been so up and down. I mean, you watch him one week and you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing something. Like, I, I like this Winston kid. And I've been his biggest defender, by the way. I like Winston. I'm like, damn, he's making plays. He's playing so well. I mean, he threw for three touchdowns and only one interception. And then you see another game, like last week, where he throws three picks and uh, makes questionable decisions. You... You live with the good and the bad, and I guess that's who Winston is. He's never going to be a guy that's ever going to be gun-shy about not pulling the trigger or taking sacks out there. I'm just curious, is Bruce Arians going to continue to trust in Winston? and uh, Do you see him staying there? Do you think that Bruce Arians and Winston are attached at the hip, or will the Bucs let him go at the end of the season?
0: See, I, I see the Bucks. I see the Bucks being one of the teams that draft a quarterback this year. Um, I you know, I just don't think Jameis Winston is is really a starter worthy. And you know, part of it is his off the field stuff. You know, he's constantly got a problem. And you know, it, it, it's just it's just one thing after another from assault. You know, the latest thing is assaulting an an Uber driver. And I it just I just I just don't see him being a leader of a team. Um, and so, you know, to be honest with you, I, I kind of see him going somewhere to be a backup. You know, be be that sort of number two. Um, I think I think that's where I think that's where his career is headed. I think he's he's never been consistent enough to win. You just, I mean, he's kind of he's kind of kept that team in 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 sort of that mediocrity, where you know they they've never been able to be really a playoff team or really that great of a team with him. So. Um, you know, I I think I think it's time to cut ties for, with them and draft a quarterback. You know, they're probably going to be drafting a little bit higher, and you know, there's there's a lot of quarterbacks in this draft. So if I if I'm if I'm the if I'm the Bucks, and you know, and if I'm Bruce Arians, I want to draft my guy. You know, he's an offensive guy. He wants to draft his guy. We well, you know what. I don't think Jameis Winston's his guy.
1: Well, that makes sense, Ed. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, what, what you just said, but I think. There, there is a possibility if uh, the Bucks caught, uh, caught fire, if they finish the season 7-9 and nine or 8-8. Eight and eight. Right now it doesn't look like that. But if they do, uh, I think they will extend Winston. And I think he's going to be a, the, the, the Bucks quarterback for the next couple of years. If that doesn't happen, if they don't catch fire and end up with a 4-12 and record, I see him going to the Panthers. I don't think he's a backup quarterback. I think the next team is going to give him a chance to to be the starting guy. And I think the Panthers would be a good landing spot because we pretty much know that Kyle Allen isn't the future there, and and Cam Newton is a goner. So I think Jameis Winston and the Panthers that that may might be a, a fresh start for him. How about Andy Dalton? Is I, I know you, I threw out that name, and you're like Andy Dalton. I mean, what did he do with the Bengals? I mean, you know him all too well. The the type of quarterback that he is. It looks like he's going to become a backup quarterback. I'm not sure anybody is going to hand him the keys to the offense to be their starting guy. I don't see Dalton being back with the Bengals. I think it's pretty obvious right now. Where do you think he's going to wind up?
0: Well, you know, we've seen a lot of teams that are sort of going for the bridge quarterback. So I'm I'm going to I'm going to speculate a little bit. I think I think Arians wants uh, to draft a quarterback, but I think he wants to get kind of that bridge guy and i think Andy Dalton would be a nice bridge guy, you know, guy who's a veteran in the league. He's one in the league. He has plenty of experience. Um, so i'm actually i'm actually going to go uh, Andy Dalton to the Bucks. I think i think uh, you know, and, and another thing, you know, is Bruce Arians, you know, who was coaching around the time when Andy Dalton was drafted. He liked him at the draft at the time. So i i see a connection there and I, I think I think it's gonna be I think there's gonna be two new quarterbacks in Tampa Bay.
1: I makes a lot of sense. I'm gonna go with the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins will draft a young quarterback, and they need somebody to be the backup, the mentor. I think Andy Dalton is is a smart guy who has exceeded. His physical limitations, he's been a starting quarterback for the past seven or eight years for the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that would be a good fit for Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins as a backup quarterback. How about Marcus Mariota? Another name, another guy who's lost his way. He's not going to be back with the Titans. I think it's pretty obvious right now Ryan Tannehill is is the starting quarterback there right now. Do you see Mariota resurfacing somewhere? I'm sure he will. Do you see him as a starter or as a backup? And give me a team.
0: You know, I, I kind of like, you know, he, he, he was under Ken Wisenhunt in Tennessee. And Wisenhunt's now the offensive coordinator over in uh, LA, Los Angeles, the Chargers. Um, I want to say San Diego because it's a habit. But, um, you know, I, 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 like, I like the idea of Marcus Mariota being kind of the guy behind Phillip Rivers. And,. I think I think that maybe you know he could he could be the guy who they give a shot in a year after after Philip Rivers leaves you know maybe Philip Rivers retires and they keep they keep Mariota around for a couple years or a couple years and you know they give him a shot and then that you know it gives them a little bit of it gives them a little bit of leverage when they want to draft a quarterback after after Philip Rivers
1: How about the last guy on the list? And the last guy on the list is Ryan Tannehill, who is the starting quarterback of the Tennessee Titans there. Do you see him staying there, or do you see him uh, moving on somewhere else? Tannehill? Um, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, yeah. Do you see see him staying?
0: No, I I see him as a backup, and I see him going somewhere else. Um, A couple teams, you know, what I I like him as maybe being a guy who could be like a backup I think Buffalo and New York, or you know the Jets and Buffalo, I think would be good landing spots. You know teams that just don't have very good backup quarterbacks. Buffalo's got Matt Barkley or Matt Barkley, who you know isn't really isn't really that good of a backup quarterback, and that could be an upgrade for them. Um, You know, obviously he's you know played a few years and he can sort of mentor uh, Josh Allen a little bit. and I think I think they have they have similar games and um, but the Jets the Jets really need a guy under Sam Darnold and again you know Tannehill has been around the league and um, you know I just the Jet the Jets can't go with Luke Falk and J- Trevor Simeon you know he hasn't been able to stay healthy I don't think I don't think he's really he's really a huge winner I think he sticks around the league but he bounces around but you know I I just. I'm not buying Trevor Simeon long-term.
1: Two NFL games uh, this weekend that really caught my eye. Uh, Cowboys versus the Patriots. Bovada has the Patriots as the favorite in this game. Uh, They're at minus 7. And then another game is the Packers against the 49ers. What an interesting matchup that is. Aaron Rodgers against that 49ers defense. And the 49ers are the, the current favorites uh, in that game, minus three, according to Bovada. Uh, so those are a couple of games that I wanted to mention, along with us mentioning the Ravens versus the Rams um, Monday night football. Um, Ed, let's talk about Tua. Um, you and I did the podcast last Saturday, and we we're like, Tua got a hip injury. He's out of the game. And then a couple of, couple of hours later, we find out that he is out for the season. Um, he already had hip surgery, from my understanding of it, and what Alabama has said. How do they cope without him? And uh, what happens to it's a two part question. How does Alabama cope without him? They're currently sitting at number five in the college football rankings. And uh, what does this um, say about his future in the NFL draft?
0: Well, this was sort of a roller coaster for me. Um... You know, I I was sort of sitting in the bar and just you know watching the game, and uh, I was watching the Auburn Georgia game, and you know I was just sort of following the news throughout the day, and I, I just I sort of jumped to conclusions that at first the the story sort of sounded like oh you know he's a hip injury we it's it, it's you know it's not that bad you know and then all of a sudden the news broke down like it was the posterior wall and you know this was the injury that I did in bro jackson and you know he may he may he may you know his nfl career might be over and I, I i was i was a little disappointed i was a little bit sad and um you know this is a guy who could be a great talent you know he's a, you know he's a great character kid and you know he's the kind of a guy you root for obviously he came from a great program at you know he's coming from a great program at alabama and then, um, you know, I guess they airlifted him. I guess they were cautious about him. And then there was kind of a report on Twitter, like from his from Alabama's doctor, that he's going to make a full recovery. And now the story is is that he'll be back throwing in three months. So um, I, I, I'm I'm much happier than what it could have been. Um, you know, obviously the hip is a sensitive area. Um, you know, I I do have some question about. I think this kind of does knock his draft stock a little bit, though. Um, you know this injury as opposed to the last injury um, you know now I think he kind of has a little bit of the injury prone tag to him and um, you know he's going to be a little bit injured and you know there's some questions about you know what 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 offseason activities is he going to do obviously he's not going to go to the senior bowl um, you know is he going to do pro day is he going to do the combine so um, a lot of questions for this off-season for Tua and I bet we're going to be talking about him a lot
1: so that's good. That leads me to my next question. That uh, Joe Burrow had a great game against Alabama. Obviously, he was fantastic. He led them to a win. And we've got three quarterbacks. Basically, it's kind of a three-man race between Tua, Justin Herbert, and Joe Burrow. Uh, in your mind, in my mind, Joe Burrow is has jumped up to the number one overall pick, and right now, currently, the Cincinnati Bengals hold that. They're they they haven't had a win yet this season. They have. Zero and ten this season. They they hold the number one overall pick. Where do you stand on this? I have Burrow number one. The Dolphins are picking number four. I gave them Justin Herbert, and then at number six, I gave uh, the Bucks to a Tonga Viola. Wh- where do you stand on this? How is this going to change his his draft status, Tua's draft status? Because in my opinion, three injuries in the past two years is is quite significant. I mean, he's got. He's not the biggest guy out there, and he's got a huge injury history right now.
0: Yeah, I, you know, you, you sort of talk about the top. I, I think Tua is third right now. Um, you know, he, he, he's, he's he's definitely, you know, he's he might be the best talent of the three, but he's, he's, he's third because of the injuries. Um, you know, I think Justin Herbert is more the safe pick. And I think it's more—it's more about philosophy about what you want to do. You know, do you want the safe pick? You know, Justin Herbert has started for a number of years. He's been consistent. He's improved. You know, he's won big games. Um, you know, he's—he's—he's—you know—he's a decent athlete. He's very accurate. There's a lot to like about Justin Herbert. But Joe Burrow just seems to—just seems to surprise and surprise and surprise. And it's like—it's like I just—it's—it's like—it's like a stock that just keeps going up and up and up and it's like you know you might as well buy when you can you know and it might be he might be the best value because he might you know he just seems to he just seems to be ascending and ascending and ascending and he got his chance with LSU and you know he's done everything he can and this year he's proven that he's he's there um I guess the the thing that will probably be his knock sort of at the draft is that you know he's not he's not a guy who's gonna like launch the ball all around the field you know he's not going to fit every offense you know he's a he's an extremely accurate quarterback but um you know a team a team that can that can sort of you know put him in a system and um you know rely on his accuracy and move the ball and stuff like that i think i think he's going to have a very good nfl career but he might not be the sexiest pick in this draft
1: well, he doesn't have the strongest arm. He doesn't have a Justin Herbert type of arm. But Joe Burrow is accurate. He throws with anticipation. And he has improved his pocket awareness. And And he's not a statue back there. I mean, this is a guy that, that can run around and, and buy, buy time in the pocket. So, yeah, Joe Burrow just has come out of nowhere, to be honest with you. it will, will be quite amazing. And to go from a guy who was projected to be a day three type of pick, a late round pick, to the number one overall pick, and that that would be quite an ascension that I don't remember in, in recent years, except last year we had Kyler Murray come out of nowhere. Kyler Murray wasn't on anybody's radar because he was he didn't start a college football game before, and because he uh, he was committed to baseball. And so yeah, last year we we had another. Surprising number one overall pick, and maybe we'll have it, you know, second year in a row. So that that should be interesting. We have another big game, Ed. Penn State against Ohio State and the Big Ten showdown. And I saw Bovada and everybody else, I guess, but Bovada released uh, their line for this game, and the Buckeyes are minus 19 favorites uh, over the Penn State Nittany Lions. What do you think about that? You and I are not gamblers, Ed. But I, I want to fly down to Vegas and and put some money on on Penn State because that that's a huge it's a huge spread Ed.
0: You know I wasn't high on Penn State at the beginning of the year and they've kind of in you know they've kind of surprised a little bit. I mean they were undefeated for a while. You know they were ranked sort of in that seventh. You know sort of mid top ten kind of round. Um, I. I <sighs> Ohio State has done just so great this year and you know they've just put up so many points on so many teams so I understand where the 19 comes from but I don't I don't think it I think it's a little bit disrespectful of the Penn State and Indian Lions
1: I think it is especially for that defense even though they gave up a lot of points to Minnesota uh the the Gophers were able to do it through the air they can still stop the run they can still stop Justin Fields and his running ability and J.K. Dobbins and if they stop the run and make Ohio State one dimensional, this game is going to be a lot closer. If this game was in Happy Valley I would I would say Penn State would win this game, but they are playing at Ohio State and that's why I say that Ohio State will win, but I actually think it's going to be close. I, I think it's a touchdown maybe 10 points but it's going to be a lot closer than people think Defense wins championships. If you can play defense in college football, you're going to hang around, and Penn State can certainly do that, especially stop the run, and then that's Ohio State's biggest weapon. By the way, Chase Young who was suspended for a few games. He's going to return to game action, and I think that's definitely going to boost uh, the Buckeyes' uh, confidence uh, a lot more. Be- people were talking about Chase Young possibly being the, in the Heisman Trophy race, and here he is. He, he's going to come back up against Penn State, and I'm sure they're, they're going to feel like they're on top of the world in that game. So I think Ohio State wins the game. I just think it's going to be a lot closer than that. I, I, it's not a gambling website, but put the money on Penn State uh, in this game. Uh, I think that's that's a smart buy. Ed, let's uh, get to our scouting reports where we put guys through... The, the scouting microscope, and let's start with offensive lineman from the Sooners. Creed Humphrey. I love that name. It's like Apollo Creed. Uh, and, and this kid, this kid is a player. He's only a redshirt sophomore. Played against Alabama last year, and this year he's playing really well against Big 12 competition. Um, the Sooners lost a lot of offensive linemen from last year's team, but Creed Humphrey is, is definitely uh, a name to keep an eye on, especially for this draft because in my opinion he's a first round prospect.
0: Yeah, I, I, I guess, you know, when I first heard about Creed Humphrey, um, you know, I was interviewing Ben Powers at the senior bowl and, you know, it just it just you know, I asked him, you know, what what players should we be looking out for next year on the Oklahoma team, you know, especially as a great offensive line program and he said Creed Humphrey and he said it, it as about as quick as he can and you could tell you could tell that he had a lot of respect for him and um, this is this is a guy I like. I mean, this is this is definitely um, you know centers aren't always drafted in the first round, but this is a, this is a first round worthy center.
1: What do you like about his game? Give me uh, strengths and weaknesses uh, that you like uh, about Creed Humphrey.
0: I just think he sustains blocks at elite level, and that's that's particularly important, you know, with. With uh, with centers, you know, I think I think he, I mean he, he he really does the job of an interior lining of sustaining blocks. I think he can pass block. I think he can be a little bit of a bully as a run blocker. I mean, he's not gonna pull like Marquise Pouncey, but he's 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 definitely you know more of a, you know he he's definitely a guy who can who can who can influence the run game. Um, you know he didn't dominate as, as much against Alabama, but I thought he held the zone against Raekwon Davis.
1: He's a finisher, Ed, especially in the run game. Uh, he finishes his blocks. He's nasty. Throws a lot of pancake blocks out there. He's just a mauler, what I call a mauler, especially in the run game. Shows great strength. He's very strong. What I like about him is, for a young player, he's able to recover and reset his feet in pass pro. I think that's that's a huge thing. I think he's still coming into his own and in, in pass protection, but in the run game and. This guy's an animal; he really is. So, I love the name, and I think he's the top center in this draft. Um, obviously, he's a redshirt sophomore, and still a question mark whether whether he decides to come out or not. But uh, this kid was a three star prospect according to ESPN, and uh, you know, starting as a redshirt freshman at Oklahoma—that's that's a tall task, but. This guy held his own against Alabama last year in the semifinal game. So I I like his game. I I like his size. He's not the biggest, you know, he's not the greatest athlete out there, but you don't need to be. I guess I would have... Preferred him to climb to the second level a little bit more, have quicker feet. But again, you're a center or you're projected as an interior lineman. Nobody's asking you to play left tackle. So there's a lot to like. I actually look at the Seahawks at the end of the first round, Ed, and I think he would be a good fit for for a team like Seattle.
0: Yeah, if you get I mean if you want that guy in the middle. I mean, I guess I guess some of the questions I have is I mean, is he is he kind of like a pro bowl worthy center? I mean, is he is that am, am I coming to overrating him a little bit? I
1: don't think he is. I think he still has a lot of uh growing to do, but the the upside that he shows, you, obviously with with guys that are projected to go in the first round, you would prefer these guys to have, you know, 3 years under their belt as a starter uh, in a top conference, but I don't think so. I, I really don't think so. I, I've seen enough games of his that I, I'm pretty comfortable to say, even as a redshirt sophomore in the 2020 NFL draft, this guy could sneak into to the late first round. But obviously, if he decides to return, that's it's only going to serve him well. Let's move to the defensive side of the ball, Ed. It seems like Ohio State Buckeyes continue to... Turnout corners almost every year. You and I broke down Jeff Akuda uh, another corner that's projected to go in the first round. But there's another guy. He's a redshirt sophomore, a young guy, who contributed last year, and he's continuing to play at a high level this year. Kind of reminds me of Denzel Ward, but the only thing, he's a little bit taller. He's about six one, one ninety. 190. His name is Sean Wade, and he occupies, he plays... Last year he played the safety in the corner position. This year he's strictly the nickel corner. So let's uh, let's break down uh, Sean Wade's game.
0: Well, I mean, I think I think the number one thing is is that he's he's basically a slot guy. That's basically what he is. Um, I like that he stays in phase and coverage. I think he can be that sort of slot guy. What you ask him to do to, in man coverage, um, I think he's a capable blitzer. Um, I guess I guess there's 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 some there's something that kinda of worries me and I think you can kinda of hide him in the slot with this, but I don't I don't like his instincts at all. <laughs> I mean I just I I just don't think I, I just when I see him in zone I've seen them run him in zone and he hasn't really looked very good in zone.
1: Okay, yeah, I agree with you. I think he's a lot more comfortable in man coverage, especially press man coverage. I think he looks lost in zone coverage. I don't think he understands his his responsibility, but I think he's a tough corner. He has a smooth backpedal. Um he he blitzes quite a bit. I mean, Ohio State likes to use those guys from the nickel that can get to the quarterback. So the more you can do is the the better. And I know that that defensive coaching staff praises Sean Wade. I mean, they've they they say that he's the most val- their most valuable defensive player um, this year, and that says a lot. He has very good speed, but I think he still has a lot to learn. And, and uh, I, I would prefer for him to go back next season and enter the twenty twenty one NFL draft because after next year, I mean, they can put him outside and he can show what he can do. Um, not only as a nickel corner, but as uh, as an outside corner, and uh, that w- that would be my preference Sh- for Sean Wade to become the number one corner at Ohio State to to shadow number one wide receivers in the Big Ten, and uh, I-, I think he's he's capable of doing that. So my advice to to Wade would be for for him to return for his junior season. I don't think he is he's ready for for the NFL in the 2020 NFL draft.
0: See, I, I see I see a place for him in the NFL. I see him as kind of being more of a day two pick, um, you know, a guy a guy you put in the slot. Um, you know, maybe maybe you want to have him sort of in a four cornerback set. Um, you know, be that second guy. You know, eventually be that number one slot corner. But you know, slot corner is becoming more and more important in this league. I just I, I I just don't I disagree with you. I I just I don't see him on the outside. Um, I think I think he's very much. I I don't, I don't see I don't see sort of the run blocking and tackling ability. I see I see I see flashes of good tackling ability, but I don't see like the tackling ability that I like out of my outside corners. I like my outside corners to sort of be able to help and support in the run. And I think he he's kind of more you know you stick him you stick him against the guy in the slot type of guy.
1: I actually think that if he returns next year, he'll be an outside corner because he's got speed, he's got size, he'll bulk up a little bit more, and he's confident in man-to-man coverage. You see him pressing guys in the slot, which you don't see that much in college. Usually guys that play the slot, they're not that aggressive. He tries to be, and so you see glimpses of him becoming an outside corner. They obviously use him in the slot because... He, he's so valuable there. But if Akuda moves on, well, obviously Wade is going to take over. And uh, and that's where I see him, at So this was uh, Blitzcast number 83. Um, I'm Alex Kavtov, Ed Hunt. Thank you for listening. Take care.